Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help get you there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It's time to find a new perspective on what works, why, and how to move your business forward. Listen in as Matt Halloran interviews guest experts to help you be your own loud. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to go to a place called Estes Park and study with a guy that basically is the founder of what what is now known as is life planning. It was not only transformational because we stayed in the hotel that they filmed the movie The Shining, but also the bull elk were in mating season and I got my brain messed with in such a positive way by going through what what was known as the life planning process, which was a five day program with a guy named George Kinder, the president and the founder of the Kinder Institute, author of multiple books, but not just that, somebody who really is the true founder and the the long-term advocate for having financial services professionals have a real and different conversation. So, George, welcome to the show. Hey, good to see you, Matt. Been a while. Nice. Definitely been a while. And I'm glad that you're still doing those five days, which we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. But, George, when when you, uh, you, you've you had your CFP, you went through financial planning stuff, uh, you have a, a long history of, of being in financial services. When did you have the epiphany that you noticed when you looked around that people just weren't having real conversations about what truly mattered to their clients? what occurred to me, I, I'm not sure I was that aware. I mean, I was surprised. Okay. What I was passionate about was my clients. I was aware that I was not living the life I really wanted to live. Mm. I wanted to live a life that had much more freedom in it in, in my, on my own terms than anybody was about to give me through a, you know, a large institution, institutional job. I set up my business and I worked with individual clients and I found that they also were struggling, that they weren't living the life they really wanted to live. So I devised, designed a system, first of all, just figuring out how I could get there and then got, well, let's let's do this with my clients and gave it to them. And when I started to talk to financial advisors, it was, gosh, 10, 20 years later. I mean, I do hear from my clients occasionally, they'd go, why didn't my broker do that? And when I got to the advisory world, people were stunned by what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And I was stunned that they weren't already doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, isn't money about freedom? Isn't it about freedom for everybody in the world? And shouldn't we be kind of mining that, finding out what it is for each person that we're engaged with and delivering it to them? So I wasn't thinking about the financial advisor at all. I was thinking about my clients, everybody, about freedom for people. Let's talk about that. I mean, the when I went through your training program, I was blown away by even the initial level of questions and then how we would just kind of peel back the onion and, and get deeper and deeper until we really found out some of the core desires that that the clients want in order to live the life that they've worked so hard to live or to, to you know, to, to live in retirement or even if it's not in retirement. Let's talk about some of those questions and the philosophy that's underneath this. Since you've been training it for so long, one of the greatest things about learning is being a teacher, right? And when you teach, you're like, oh, wow, I just learned something new that I didn't learn before. So let's talk about 
how do you develop people? What sort of questions do you have? And let's just talk about the training itself. There are five meetings. We, we call our training EVOKE. And EVOKE is an acronym for five phases. And those phases are exploration, vision, obstacles, knowledge, and execution. Knowledge and execution, everybody's doing already anyway. You know, the spreadsheets and then, you know, signing the documents and all of that. So I'm not going to take you there. But EV and O are a dramatic expansion of our relationship as an advisor with our clients. So we really know what the client wants. And I argue that, you know, people talk about fiduciary. There are no fiduciaries out there unless they're doing life planning. Because it's not just about fees and transparency and all that. It's putting the client's interest first. How can you put their interest first if you don't know who they are? Yeah. We, those three, the first three elements are E for exploration, V for vision, and O for obstacles. Sometimes they're three separate meetings. Sometimes they run over a little bit together. But the E for exploration is the really interesting one. Maybe not for your audience so much. They're all going to be really intrigued with the V and the O. But truthfully... Consumers don't trust us. So that first meeting, E for exploration, the only question we really ask, I don't know if you remember this, but, but it is, so why are you here? Right. Okay. But, but I want to, because you just did something that people can't see. And I want, I want to highlight this because this was like the major epiphany, just brief history. I actually was a therapist before I came to your training. And this Basically, the, the the position is that you ask the question, then you just shut up and you listen with every ounce of listening that you can, and they take you on that journey. George, I just want you to know that I've used that technique in, in, in building the podcasting company. I've used that in coaching and consulting. That to me, and I start off every sales relationship that I have with anybody with that 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 first question. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And of course, a lot of it is in the delivery. When you're shutting up, if you're just sitting there with your arms crossed or fiddling with your pen and a piece of paper, that, that doesn't work. You're engaged. The, that first meeting, it's eyeball to eyeball in a warm, empathic, but also excited, connected, intimate kind of way so that the client is feeling that whether they're upset about something or whether they're inspired or they're hiding a secret and suddenly they reveal it, they're sharing it with someone worthy of their trust. Yeah. And that's what you're doing in that first meeting is you're building an incredible sense of trust and slowly building this excitement inside the client that maybe they've found someone who can help them get what it is that they really want. And that's that the whole meeting. So there's some empathy, There's, but it's not like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we do that, that retirement stuff. That's what we're good at. And none of that. Just continue with, oh, how wonderful. Pause. We do a lot of pausing in it, intermingled with gutturals and warmth and excitement. Oh, wow. How cool. Pause. So that's the first meeting. It's easy, easy to learn. You came in with great advantage, Matt, because you had a therapy background and, and that meant you you were trained to listen. So that's what we're doing. We don't we don't do therapy, but we do train our advisors to listen 
beautifully, brilliantly. And they have to practice it. And that was the fun part about the five day was <laughs> watching the transformation of my fellow classmates, for lack of a better description, learning in just having the epiphany of the joy of what it really meant to listen. And, and that was that was one of the coolest things we experienced. You get this, this privilege and, and you can see this feeling of freedom. So I'm sitting there. I mean, I, as I started to do this, I dropped the money piece. I mean, I, I did money. It, I, it was my great skill. I was a portfolio manager, basically, but structuring it through a financial planning process. I love that stuff. But eyeball to eyeball with the client, all I cared about was how can I help this person get to be the person they really want to be? And that's the great reward. I mean, sure, you get paid for it nicely as a financial person. That wasn't nearly as significant. I would have sacrificed that for any client who said they wanted to go out and you know, spend it all now, buy the you know little island up in Maine or something. I, I would have sacrificed it all in a moment, just knowing that this person would have the thrill of their life. Yeah, you know, that kind of affection, love, and inspired fellow feeling with the client, that intimacy is that first meeting. And then the second meeting, you ask some questions. You'll remember the questions, I'm sure, very well. There are a series of exercises we do, but I'm most famous for three questions, which we do as a single exercise. So we don't take time for each of them individually. We put them all together. And what we're trying to do is take this series of questions to go deep, to get the client to go to a place where it's life or death, whether it's where it's so meaningful for them, there cannot be anything more meaningful than the response to that third question. First question is just simply, if you had all the money you needed for the rest of your life, you know, you won the lottery or whatever, what would it be like? What would you do? First question. So it's just kind of warming them up and you get a feeling of all the little things that they'd like to do and the freedoms that they'd like. Second question is they just have they go to the doctor and they discover they only have five to 10 years left to live, but they're going to be healthy the whole time, five to 10 year sentence. And they won't know that moment of death in advance. So they've got to be ready after five years. They might get to their 10th year. That makes them a little bit more reflective and more serious. They're thinking more about relationships. Most people think a lot about relationships in these last two questions, but sometimes it's just, it's a secret sorrow, a secret aspiration that has to do with something else, with uh, spirit, with something even explicitly religious, with values, with creativity that they've never done, with the environment or with their community. So relationships right up there, but these other things are really important. So they play a little bit with that. Five to 10 years, what would I do? You know, travel the world, that kind of thing. The third question <laughs> It's a kicker, man. I mean, it's it's the one. So this time you set them up, they're going to the doctor. The doctor says, whoops, I've been doing these tests and I'm so sorry, but you've got a rare ailment. We just has figured it out. You, you And you've got, come to term with that ailment. You have 24 hours left to live. I'm so sorry. The question is not the doctor's question. So what are you going to do with it, son? Or, or you know, whatever. It's, it's reflecting on all the things you'd anticipated accomplishing, doing, being for the rest of your life. What, what, what did you miss? And who did you not get to be? That's probably the most important one. What did you not get to do? The answer to that question might have nothing related to the first two, or it might have a lot of overlap. You just don't know. But you can see it takes you down to that depth of, gosh, my life was supposed to be about this. 
And I just didn't quite make it. I didn't quite do it. Part of your training, which I want to make sure everybody knows this. So if you sign up for your five day, they're ready for this. You're going to go through this yourself. And I remember because Steve, Steve Martin was my partner. Oh, he was. <laughs> Steve, we were talking about that before we started recording. I remember Steve asking me that question and sitting with me and letting me process it without saying anything. And honestly, George, that was such a life changing moment for me because my epiphany was full disclosure was i just wanted to be a great dad because i just had twins they're 18 now by the way because of that meeting things changed for me i remember going home and i have this is my one of my favorite stories i tell this when i speak all over the place i talk about the fact that so i've been promoting you for years by the way so i'm talking about listening skills because we're you know that was part of the things that i would train and and i said you know i learned this from this guy named george kinder and you know you guys should all check him out if you haven't followed him blah 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 and i said i, I spent five days with him in estes park and, and here's what i learned and i learned how to listen and i went home and this is the truth i went home my kids were already asleep i, I got home we lived in an old church in nebraska that we turned into our home my wife and i went out on our back porch that we had just we just paved with little patio blocks. And I said, honey, how was your week? And now, mind you, I talked to her every night because as long as I was away from her with yeah. you, yeah. I didn't stop. I didn't say anything for about two hours because I was using all of the techniques. The, mm -hmm, oh, OK. Well, tell me more about that. And the difference was I went I came from a point of being in, as genuine as I could be. And my wife, George, said to me, Oh, it's like 10 o'clock, honey. We should probably go to bed. And I was like, yeah. And she grabs the door handle and she turns to me and she goes, what in the hell happened to you in Estes Park? That was the best conversation we've ever had. And I tell that story all the time. And I tell it the power of silence and the power of trying to deeply connect with people. And when George just said at the beginning of this, before we go into these other steps here, everybody. It's the fiduciary discussion, I believe, and I know George just because he just said this, is the wrong conversation. The fiduciary conversation needs to be surrounding actual best intentions for your client, not how your stupid compensation is and all of that stuff, which is important and I think should probably be disclosed. But when you learn how to have a relationship with not just your clients, but with humans through something like the Kinder Institute of Life Planning, things fundamentally change for you I mean, George, that was, that, that was literally, yeah, Mike, no, it was longer ago than that. It was like 10, 10 years ago. I wonder how long, yeah. I still use that stuff all the time, brother. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Well, you know, that was one of the comments. It's so wonderful that your wife gave that to you because that was one of the comments that I would get early on, not having trained anybody in this, people would shake my hand and they take my hand with both their hands at the end of a meeting. And they say, wow, that was, that was, uh, that had been the best conversation I've ever had. And I'd be smiling ear, ear to ear in some way, but not sharing with them that there wasn't a conversation. I just opened up so they could talk. All of us want, we want to be listened to. We want to be able to share and go and keep sharing so that our heart opens and we're sharing the stuff we're most excited about or we're most troubled by. So we train advisors to do that with their clients. And they and that's a, just a classic response. Best conversation I ever had. <laughs> and you go, gosh, yeah, I talk 10% of the time. They talk 90% of the time. All right. So we've talked about the freedom and we've talked about the exploration. I I think it's interesting because the vision part was besides the, the exploration, what we did from a vision perspective, 
is still fascinating to me. And I can picture the the big sticky boardy thing that that we worked on and what other people had. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that? I don't know if I'm sharing exactly what you're you're thinking about, but what we evolved over time and we were in the midst of this when you were coming through the program we evolved something called a torch statement and what we do at the end of these series of exercises so we've got a we've got a a big chart that goes over time we've got one that looks at uh, your heart's core issues versus things that would just be fun to or things you feel you ought to do responsible to do and so we've got a series of exercises the third question is probably the the key one, but because it touches life and death. At the end of those exercises, we create something we call a torch. That torch is an offer. It's like the one sale you do. You aren't selling product. You aren't selling your services. You simply turn to the client and say, so if as a consequence of our working together, I or we were to deliver this, and we put in that this, what's in the third question, and one or two or three other things from the other exercises that just make them get so excited. And if we were to deliver it and we put a time frame, and Matt, this is kind of the key, the time frame is never longer than three years. Probably the average time frame is between a year and a year and a half. We give them something that they were thinking of not until retirement, not for 10 or 15 or 20 years, and we say within a year and a half. You know, from psychology, from being a psychologist, they get incredibly excited and almost in equal measure anxious. Yep. And that's exactly what you want, because that's the energy then. They've got the energy to deliver it. Uh, That's a tremendous amount of energy that you've just delivered. So that's what we do at that point. And then we go, they get, they're all excited. You go, so what could possibly get in the way of this? This is you. This is who you are. The most common response we get to that is they pause for a moment and they go, well, um, I think only me or nothing, (laughs) nothing, you know, they're ready to go. You've won them and you've given, and you've not only won them, but you've won them for their dream of freedom. Your focus has shifted a little bit. So, so we didn't have the torch statement back then. Well, I love that. And, and I, that's just magnificent. It actually makes an enormous amount of sense thinking through the training that I went and through the evolution of where you've gone. Are there ideal people to come to your training? I mean, I, I remember thinking that I think there was one person who was with us that probably didn't make it or, or wouldn't go, wasn't going to implement this into their practice because there just wasn't something right. So if you if you close your eyes and you picture your ideal person to come through the five day training with you, what what does that person look like, George? You and I have been around the industry and we've seen all the different types that are there. I think if someone is really just focused on the money, yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't be here. This is about the client. And this is about really wanting something for the client. The, the truth is that I think that the vast majority of people do want that. that. That's the reason that it's a one-on-one kind of meeting that we have, or it's one-on-two with a couple. We're placed in a room very similar to a therapist with their client. People come into this profession because they want some of that intimacy. So I think that the overwhelming number of them uh, uh, would just uh, be blown away by it and and love it. But those who are strictly focused on the bottom line and don't want to move anywhere else, 
they wouldn't see much point in it. And they would have trouble managing their team uh, if their if their team were to deliver this kind of thing. So they wouldn't they wouldn't get it. In the openness, something that did happen when we were there, and I I heard from the network after we left and people started implementing this, was the ability to be comfortable with the emotion that comes present. And when I do speak, George, and I, I ask people through this line of me telling them about the story about me being there with my wife, and then the next question that I always ask them is, how many of you have had clients cry in your office? And of course, everybody raises their hand, right? And then I say, how many of you are really comfortable with it? And like three quarters of the hands go down. And I just think to myself, you know, uh, the training that you take people through because you have to be present, present and you have to be with the emotions and checking what's going on with you so that you're not transferring that to the person. It's so interesting to go on that journey together from a from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective, you're totally separating yourself from every other advisor in your area because very few, one, don't have this process, one, right? Two, they haven't had the training, and three, they don't have the willingness to, to have these conversations. But next, can you all imagine, just think about this, you get that one thing, that torch statement, right? You're going to be so referable. Holy crap. Like everybody's going to be like, you got to use my lady because she, well, look what she did for me. And, um, and that's one of the differences I found, George, is, you know, there are many, many financial services professionals who are just flat out not referable. No, no. Well, that's I mean, one of the cool things we discovered early on, we we started writing down all the business reasons people should do this. And one of the things that we kept hearing was that people were getting referrals after the first meeting. Oh. <laughs> I'm going, holy cow, that's incredible. Because, you know, I mean, often people wait a year or two before they get a referral. They want to see how the money comes. And all. after the first meeting, they'd be at a, at a dinner party. Sometimes it'd be the next day. They'd be at a dinner party and they'd go, well, you won't believe this experience that we just went through. And they'd share it as a couple, which is also really wonderful because we also give training about working with a couple. How do you do that? So that you're listening equally to both and really supporting both, both uh, people's dreams. So we keep marriages together really most of the time, yeah. bring them, bring them back together. We see them fall in love again in our office. It's, it's incredibly rewarding. I don't know how you wouldn't want that as a professional. I mean, what you just said there, you see people fall back in love you see people, and when, when we're talking about a torch here, we're talking about that fire that you have inside of you. And so many people right now that that fire isn't out because it never entirely goes out until you're not here anymore. But it's just a little ember. And if you can be the person who stokes that fire, that passion inside a person's soul, how can they not have a different relationship with you, right? How can you not be top of mind and memorable because you're literally changing a person's perspective on life. That's what I think Yeah, a real relationship would be, a long-term relationship with somebody, and then they utilize some, some aspects of it, obviously, is financial so that you have the freedom, which you've talked about a couple of times already, in order to do that. Yeah. I think that you're right. The, uh, we talk about clients for life, that that's what you get from this. And I think that one of the one of the reasons that we uh, we are successful as well around this is that the client, the advisors who come in are kind of looking for 
this kind of building strong, stronger, better relationship. They, they're aware that, that that's a wonderful thing to have. And then they fall in love with the profession again. A lot of them, sometimes they come in, they're burnt out. They're tired and, and they've just heard that this does something about freedom. They're thinking about their own freedom and they come through it and they go, wow, this is what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And then they have the tools to do it. Okay. I would love for you to take a few minutes and talk about some of the ways that people can engage with you, George. You have written a number of books, right? So all you have to do literally is go to Amazon and type in George Kinder and his books are going to come up. But what else? What should we drive people to now? What do you got going on, dude? Uh, where yes. are we? Well, I, I mean, I should say that I'm I'm really uh, out there in some ways. I mean, I want to talk about the main thing that I think people here would like to go forward with. But you're going to see some stuff. I mean, I now think I mean, we so we transform people's lives. We deliver them into freedom. We deliver them into freedom in a very short period of time, a year and a half, typically into the life that they really have longed for. What I realized was going through these last 10 years with the economy and then politics and everything was I, I, I was, uh, I mean, I, I woke up one morning, Matt, and I said, God, you know what, you know what society needs? We, we need to life plan civilization. Ooh. We need to life plan civilization because everybody wants the same thing. We all want kindness, collaboration. We want energy, vitality. We want entrepreneurial uh, stuff. We all want this. We want democ democracy. We want democratic freedoms. We want good health care. We don't want so much poverty. We want the same stuff. We want a healthy planet. We want good food. We want the same stuff. You know, enough of this polarization. Let's life plan civilization. And instead of waiting a couple hundred years to get there, Let's make an offer like the torch where we put all these groups together who want the same thing and just say, let's make this happen in a single generation. So you'll see that about me. I'm not, I just want to share some of these things and then I'll come to the thing that I think your, your advisors want to hear more than anything. So I'm doing that right now. I'm 72 years old. I want to do something, you know, much larger even than what I've done so far. So that's one of the things I'm doing. I've also been a mindfulness practitioner for 50 years. I, I'm teaching that and I'm talking about mindfulness practice as being something that's at the heart of good listening. So what we do in mindfulness is we listen inside of ourselves that gives us the capacity to listen to others. But I think the thing that you would be most excited about is what you went through and most of your listeners, because that's, you know, you're, you're tailoring your community in a way. Our program is experiential in a way that delivers the kind of response that Matt's lovely spouse had to Matt at the end of that time period. So you go home and suddenly you're communicating in a way that's just extraordinary with your spouse because you're listening. Sometimes you come through it with your spouse, which is a wonderful way. We always try to get one or two couples in the program so that we can practice with couples. But it's an experiential program, totally different from any other kind of financial planning program that you go through. What happens is that you enter it and you don't play act. You come in, what are your real issues? Who do you really want to be? Answer these questions. And you you team up with someone at the beginning. So Matt teamed up with Steve, great financial planner, and they both of them really good listeners, really. They team up, you team up with your partner. That partner life plans you for five days. Or now on Zoom, we're doing it on Zoom. And, it, and Matt, I mean, the intimacy on Zoom is really interesting. We're getting higher grades on Zoom, even, than the in-person retreats oriented 
things that we do. And because everybody can see everybody's eyeballs through the whole thing, you're gaining an emotional level that's really intriguing. It's not that personal touch level, but it's right there. What happens is that you go through the experience of being life plan, of revealing who you really want to be, and then it getting delivered to you. So you're learning what you want to do for your client. You're learning it from the inside out. And at the same time, you're practicing it with your partner. At the same time as that, you're watching it with 10 other people doing it themselves and learning from all the tips of typically three or four trainers. So a high student teacher, teacher to student ratio. We call it sometimes the five-day program. Sometimes it's the four-day program because on Zoom, it's just four days. But it's the evoke training we have other trainings. They're very good. Some of them are shorter. Do the evoke. It's it's the best. Yeah. yeah. And we'll make sure, George, that uh, and I've already reached out to your team to make sure that I have all of the links that we need to put in our show notes so that our, our listeners can can sign up for that. Just as uh, kind of to wrap up today, there have been some pretty major life changing things in, in, in my life, uh, not often do you get to come back to somebody 10, year, 10 years later and have the opportunity to not only interview them, but to thank them personally for truly not only touching your life, but your marriage, my, me being a good father and ultimately a good business owner. Now, you, you have a book. We, we didn't talk about this, but you have a newer book, correct? So let's let's talk about that and we'll get the links in our show notes. Great. I, I talked about these two things that are kind of tangential. So I've got a book of, of meditative practices to help people work. It's called Transforming Suffering into Wisdom. They're secular practices. It's just working with your mind, training your mind to be more present, basically, and working with feelings. But the, the book that I'm actively engaged with and all over the world, I've traveled all over the world. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Mumbai. I've been to Singapore. I've been all over Europe uh, to Africa, basically pitching the notion that it's time for us to stop this squabbling amongst ourselves and between each other and envision what a golden civilization looks like and deliver it. The book is called A Golden Civilization in the Map of Mindfulness. Again, it's not, it has some advisory elements because I talk about financial services a lot in the book. I have other books. Look at my books. I mean, I've got multiple books on financial planning. Yeah. So you'll, uh, you'll love them. Uh, those of you who are advisors, they'll give you the flavor of how to do life planning. Come see us. We'd love to Love to work with you. All right, everybody. Well, uh, thank you once again, Mr. Kinder, George. I appreciate it as always. You are in my thoughts more than I could ever possibly tell you, and I greatly appreciate you for that. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That right, every time we come out the new podcast, show up directly on your listening device. And make sure you check out the show notes because we're going to have links to George's new book, other books, and of course, the Evoke training that we have been talking about throughout this podcast. And finally, if you want to re-engage being an advisor and having real relationships with clients, go through this training. You are a professional. Part of being a professional is consistently finding ways to educate yourself to be better at what you do. And I believe that this is one of the apexes of not just being a good human, but being a great advisor. So George, thanks for being on the show, brother. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how to be your own loud podcast, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend educational webinars, and sign up for Influence Accelerator Academy.